0: And welcome to another Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine, featuring interesting, inspiring, educational, and entertaining stories, discussions, and interviews of purpose, with purpose, on purpose. Hello everybody, this is J.W. Najarian with On Purpose Magazine, and today we're here with Carol Crutcham. How are you doing, Carol?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Wonderful. You know, I'm excited to have you on. I I was talking to you a little earlier. You know, there's uh, interviews and then there's interviews and this particular interview is uh, a very cool one for me because your resume reads like a who's who or a what's what of, it's uh, in fact it's almost impossible to read because you're just, you've you've been everywhere and done everything. It seems like Uh, you're all over the place and and it's all good and I love that. So for everybody who doesn't know Carol Cretcham, she is currently the CEO of CV Studios Entertainment and has been the leader of multiple global successful businesses, including the launch of the Peacemaker Corps in 1977. Um, in 2008, she was honored for years of philanthropic work, uh, receiving the Purpose Prize Fellowship. She was the managing director of... Digital Directions, DDG, a digital-focused investment consulting, structured capital development firm, raising over $250 in capital for various new media clients. She also owned and operated, and most of you will know this one, a chain of family entertainment facilities under the brand name Icecapade throughout the U.S. Very, very happy to have you here, Carol. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh well thank you it's uh, if you continue to talk about my resume they will everybody will think I'm 110 years old
0: Well no you all you did this all in uh, in 2008
1: Right I just did it over when I started when I was 3 But I have had a wonderful and varied career and I'm privileged to have had that experience and been in the global world, too, um, early in my career, I built a hotel that we developed, my husband and I, in a company we founded in Beijing, China. So I oh, have right. international experience, and so that goes past early, earlier than anything that you've talked about. But it did bring me to the United Nations, which is why I founded this uh, NGO at the UN called the Peacemaker Corps.
0: Okay, let me stop you there because I want to back up a little bit because first thing is you know the first thing and I you know um and smack me if I'm asking the the, the dumb question or the wrong question, but um I want to go back to um, who is carol Kretschmann? i mean we 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 think about powerful women we just there's not that many of them and so how does a woman become such a great business person such a a great philanthropist, and uh, you started. You were born in Southern California, were not, and you were brought up here. Yes. Can you tell me about that real quick?
1: I was born in Southern California, raised in Southern California, a product of uh, the public high schools and even public university. I went to UCLA, a Bruins. Yeah. So, um, and I did all my uh, upper education at UCLA. Started as a fine arts and then a liberal arts major, and then studied architecture. So I'm a professional architect, interior um, planner, and I did that for the early part of my career. And I must mm-hmm. say, I know this is sort of a segue for everybody, sure. for your listeners that the the work that the, that I learned about in graduate school and on in the architectural department, was extremely helpful in business. I think it's one of the most, I know it's a difficult course, and it creates a lot of thinking, both creativity-wise and also management-wise. But there really isn't any other discipline that I can think of, maybe nuclear physics or something, where you're actually thinking about developing something, designing something, and then implementing it, and so you get the whole full spectrum of a business. You need to create it, create a team, raise the money, and then implement it, get it done for whatever budget you have put or close to it, and then have it work. And no, that so makes sense. I mean, of you,
0: most of us start our businesses where we just say what the business is going to be, but we don't do any planning up to that point.
1: And in order to be successful in anything you do, you have to really understand how to plan. Right. and That's what I think that my schooling brought to me, which was
0: Okay, let's back up again, because also the philanthropic part, I understand you were brought up in Beverly Hills. How does a Beverly Hills kid uh, turn into the philanthropic uh, kind
1: of person you've been? Well, that's a good question, because my mother wanted me to be a debutante. Mm -hmm. That was her goal, and I did not want to be a debutante. The idea of going to a fancy ball and wearing a fancy dress. I mean, I like getting dressed up, but I mean, it seems so frivolous. But in order to become a debutante, you had to become a volunteer. And you have to volunteer at some institute where you're helping people. And I've Worked in the hospital, which because my father was in the hospital business, so I became what they call a candy striper.
0: Right, I'm... and you
1: know that was when I was like thirteen and fourteen years old, because I became. You know, you come out at about sixteen, and you have to have those years of experience and before you're accepted into the into that prestigious or whatever group. Mm-hmm. So that really in- opened my eyes at a very, very young age about how important it was not only for the people that you were helping, but also for yourself and the growth of learning how to give back. And it stuck with me forever. So that's a funny background of how I became a philanthropist, and all the time that I was Struggling even as a single mother, raising two kids, and working in, in my own business, and you know, always having developed clients and making sure the projects worked, and you know, we ended up growing a fairly substantial business. And had I was always allowing at least twenty-five percent of my time to continue the work from, on a philanthropic basis.
0: I love that. You just mentioned it, so a great segue into my next question, because since you're a single mother raising kids, um, you know we can talk about your resume all day about all the successes you had. What I'd like to know about, because people don't realize it all the time, is that many successful people um, have some failures along the way. Did you start out successful and everything you've touched has turned to gold, or have you had some failures?
1: Oh, no. I've had I've had failures. Uh, I think that I would say the biggest tragedy and failure in my life is that my son was murdered four oh. years ago. I mean, he was a lawyer, and a you know, when you, when you have children, you don't expect them to go before you, no. and uh, you don't expect that you, even adult children somehow you take the responsibility of protecting them. And, you know, when that seems to have been a failure, it's it's very devastating. I mean, I've had business failures. In fact, I did have to go into bankruptcy in one of my first entrepreneurial kind of ventures during the gasoline crisis in 1972. Right. Um, I had this... Young business, and I was specializing in designing and building projects in, um, inter- you know, ski areas and entertainment. That's how I ended up with the ice capades. I mean, I kind of focused. From a client of mine said, "Focus, focus, focus." That's how I became successful. I'm a little bankruptcy lawyer. There was a big house I was building and design had designed for somebody. So he said, "You're very talented, but you should focus." And this is a good thing to know. So I started thinking, well, what's Do I like and to do and having uh, two boys that I was raising myself? I said, "Well, if I got into active sports, which is what they like to do and what I like to do, I could be a specialist in active sports." And as a woman in a man's business, I think you really need to. I needed to do that, and this was in the '70s, and so uh, I became involved with, you know, that kind of uh, ski areas, and so while during that period of time, I saw, saw an opportunity to buy furniture and dishes, glasses, and silverware because we were building condominiums and ski areas, and people got it with sort of instant gratification. They'd buy one. They wanted to be able to use it right. that winter. And so I thought, well, if we bought all the packages of, of stuff and had it warehoused in the ski areas, I would be able to sell them to the people we sell the condominiums that I had designed, and therefore I would be making money on both ends. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that was when we had that gasoline crisis. And overnight, nobody went anywhere with their car, and so many of my clients were at California-based, like Mammoth Mountain and Tahoe, and people didn't go, and there I was stuck and my poor dad, on you know, had to guarantee it because in those days women couldn't get loans even though they right. we were buying merchandise. And uh, so at a very young age, even though my other side of my business was doing fine, I had to go into bankruptcy.
0: Wow. Let me ask you, because you, 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 you kind of brought it up, and that is um, our friend, our, our close friend, Devin Blaine, um, when I asked her this question, she said she didn't notice it at all. But I just talked to Rosie Perez, the actress, lately, and she said that it was a big thing in her life. And that is being a woman in business. Did you have a lot of issues with the glass ceiling, or what they call the glass ceiling? Or do you think a lot of that's media made up?
1: Oh, I had terrible troubles. That's why I started my own business. Huh? Because every time I go to you know to work in a client you know in a, in a architectural firm, they would relegate me to some menial task in the design department, right. and I knew that I was very talented. I knew that I had, you know, graduated, accelerated, and all of that, and gotten out of, you know, and I knew that, that I had a, a talent for what I was doing, and I was, had that right brain part of my psyche, which was management and organization, but mm-hmm. no, there wasn't a guy out there that would give me a job. But give me a hand up. Give me a right. job, but not a hand. Right. In fact, you one get of my guys money, you get back to work the next day, not- Yeah, one of my guys. You know, there was sexual harassment. Mm. That was certainly rampant in the seventies when right. I first went into the business world. I mean, there was just no place for. And you know, even in school, there were. You know, I always remember my friends in liberal arts were going. You know, leaving. School UCLA at one or two in the afternoon and hanging out and going for a drink and I had to go to a lab to do a project you know like yeah I did all my other stuff then I had and I thought to myself later on I said well I should have known that that was the business I was going into because it's a twenty four seven business and believe me later on when I was building this hotel in China we were the fifth joint venture in the entire country. And it was not just a hotel, it was apartments and office space. And we were not just building it for somebody, we w- had raised the money, we were doing it for ourselves and our Chinese partner. Um, that years of my life, the nine years that I spent living and traveling in and out of China, I probably worked 24 7. I mean, wow. I don't, you know, because there's 16 hours difference mm-hmm. from here to China. And I had lots of, you know, people working and money and traveling back and forth. It takes a a day and a half, really, out of your life, every trip you take. I took 57 over a course of eight, nine years. Um, Luckily, I didn't count them because Clement Chen, who was a a friend, a colleague who built a a hotel before us, he passed away because he couldn't deal with the fact that so much of his life was going out on the airplane. Wow. (laughs) But we live a twenty-four-seven life now, so I'm, mm-hmm. even though I'm, you know, reaching where people retire, I've had so much experience living in a twenty-four-seven world since I was in my mid-thirties that this is this for me is is just normal the way we live.
0: No, you know, um, yeah, we were talking about you got the purpose award uh, for your phone topic award work and, and this is on purpose magazine. I talk to people all the time. I don't think that the whole retirement thing is kind of uh, I don't even get it because I think most people if they don't have a purpose to keep moving um just really kind of at that point they kind of give up and and I know you're not that kind of person, neither am I. That'd so be tough. Well, I don't I think, think in I, the philanthropic world there was less, less of
1: anything. a I'm sorry uh, and, oh, go ahead. there was more less of a of a glass ceiling in the philanthropic world, especially um, later on, a little bit later, you know, like in the 80s. And there also was a very interesting uh, dynamic that was going on in some of the political parties Mm. that you could move into a political situation and women had some power. Um, i was involved with the women's political committee which was started by lisa speck and marsha herman many many years ago the first ever in the country mm-hmm. was to you know was a pack that was put together we put money in and we supported women candidates and we were very successful and very serious about it and in california at that time we helped a lot of women get into the system and then mm-hmm. later even helped to launch like the Hollywood Women's Political Committee that so, and those were all in the 80s and it's unfortunate. I mean, we have Emily's List now, which which has taken over. Right. Uh, that all of those grass, you know, we have grassroots, but that's the big Kahuna, and she's been great. Ellen has, you know, made a big difference, and I think having more women in politics and having more women elected, even in the, you know, in the lower ends. Of your, you know, the start, whether it's school board or a local city council, we have a new mayor of uh, Rancho Mirage that's a woman. That there is more support and less of the glass ceiling. Chip, so chipping it away, we right. had to come from different perspectives. As far as the purpose prize, I absolutely agree with you that people need to have a purpose in their lives, and just because you're retired at 60, or, or 60, I mean, if you're lucky, and you have enough funds to live on, there was a wonderful commercial. I can't remember who it was, one of the investment houses, and I think about it all the time. It's fairly new. It was a, It was this big ribbon that was all one color, and then they, people went up and wrote what they would do if they, what they would have liked to have done in their lives. And there were all these different ideas of what people wanted to do in their lives. And the guy came on, he was selling something, and he said, that's what retirement's all about. You become able to pay yourself to do what you want to do in the world. Wow, that's a great dream. And that was such a powerful statement to me. This is why I invested in this studio company that I believe in because we're a technology-based company that makes content. And so much of our content is even made with com- with technology and not in the traditional way. And it saves so much money. We can put a regular show on PBS every week because of the way we've created the show. It's a compilation of short films from around the world. But we've also got an animated character, and we do it all through technology. And, and it's probably 20% of what anybody else can put on high, onto a, a high-def PBS. And now we're going nationally with it. So we're right. building our shows with very little capital, and now we have a bunch of outlets where we get paid for it. And it's all because of technology.
0: Yeah, to talk to me about that, because we're talking about CVS Studios Entertainment that you're CEO of now. My
1: current event- adventure, right. Right,
0: right and um, I mean, you guys, uh, I, w- I'm sorry. I was really ex- excited, uh, you know, when you, you were saying, uh, I can't uh, think of not working, uh, to see somebody jump into this production thing and come in, when they're talking about things like proprietary software, patented mobile technology, the short so- showcase you were just talking about, especially the Android and iOS capabilities, a lot of people, especially when they get older, this stuff eludes them completely, and so they give up and they walk the other way.
1: Well, Um, no, no, but I spent a decade in Silicon Valley. Okay. Before I started and retired, that's what I did. I left the ice capades because I loved the business. I, I mean, I loved the kids, and I loved the idea of it, but the business was just horrible to run, so I sold it. I mean, we had 1,000 employees, and we didn't do $20 million a year. I mean, it was impossible. And every time there was a break and something and an ice rink, it's a five-figure fix. And we bought right. an old chain that was all falling apart, built it up, and I was happy to leave that C.E. I loved the people. I loved running Wollman Rink. It was fun working with Trump. That's the one in New York, right? Yeah, I and mean, we were all over the country i we gave more lessons to girls in sports than any other company in the history of this country mm-hmm. ice capes on our halcyon was given was doing almost 750,000 ice skating lessons a year wow. that meant we touched 750,000 kids people mostly girls and taught them a sport and then we started hockey, and I mean, it, it was fun. Business yeah. was lousy; <laughs> couldn't make it, you know. Even though we were in shopping malls, and then once our leases were up, the malls threw us out because we had a big space that was entertainment, and they were all it was all during the times when everything before the '08 crash. Mm-hmm. So you know, they didn't. They didn't want us around in the mid-90s. They wanted to rent more space to high-paying retail stores that eventually went out of business. So, I mean, that that was their play. Right. So the Ice Capades and my kids in the Peacemaker Corps uh, were my love because I was always dealing with these wonderful children. And seeing them grow and seeing them perform and seeing them become responsible adults, because that's what teaching sports does. It makes right. you responsible for your goals and yourself, except for those crazy mothers that used to come in four <laughs> in the morning
0: <laughs> <laughs> can i right? ask you can I ask you Carol um sure. that alone uh, plus the work you did at the u n plus the work that you did with the uh, peacemakers and Uh, What a wonderful legacy to leave. How does uh, CV Studios Network fit into that going forward?
1: Well, we're producing... Okay, CV Studios' flagship entity is a system that we created where we take people's short films from all over the world who go to festivals and don't get a nod we got right. 4,000 short films for the Palm Springs Film Fest, and they only showed 320 films. Mm. So after they go into the marketplace, where a few handful of people might listen to them one on one on a computer, you know, they get shredded. Those discs that you paid mm. for, and you probably paid the short fest in Palm Springs 100 bucks for them to look at your film and maybe get it into a theater. Right. Uh, we had a film in the th- this year, an interview we did with Michael Childers, and it was wonderful. Everybody loved it. But it was Wednesday at two in the afternoon, so I, if there were a hun- hundred people in the audience, we were lucky. Right. So what we do is we've created a system where you give us your film for fifty bucks, twenty five if you're a student, and we put it into our system. And our system starts with our website and our mobile app which is on Android and iOS, and we get 17,000 downloads a day, a minute. We have films that have 20,000 followers, and because they watch the films there on their iPhone or their Android. hard to get Google to give me data, but that's another story. And then out of those winners, and then we ask you to vote. Look at the films and vote. There's a voting system on the web and on our mobile app. Mm-hmm. The voting films get looked at by a group of other screeners, and out of that we select two or three films and an interview with some famous or non-famous person in the industry, and we make a 27-minute show, 27 minutes and 67 seconds. As well, and we send it to PBS, and they put it on every Saturday night at 11 o'clock, and it reaches all of Southern California and that no. that show is sponsored by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Unions by Sony, by Canon now, by people who want to reach an audience and you can on uh, your audience can see us on KVCr. I cannot tell them where they are, maybe 24 in Orange County, 23 in the Valley, 9 right. in Palm Springs, you know, it's a Small PBS station, but we now are going to be picked up nationally on the, the NETA dish satellite. Right, so the, so you're actually
0: so. syndicating, or just
1: well, no, it's of your data. you know we don't get paid, so we right. we give it to them for free, okay. and we get sponsors to underwrite the fact that now we'll be in 50 states with these right. short short films, and we have about 50 shows, and we're selling them now into the European and Asian market through a distributor. And then we also sell the films by the minute to a distributor in the UK, and those, part of that, those dollars goes back to the filmmaker into some account that they can use either to send us a new film for free or get the cash. Mm -hmm. And so now they have their film on their mobile, so anywhere they are, any place they, might see somebody that could be a possible candidate for them to move their career along, those little entrepreneurs have their film in their palm of their hand, literally. And what we have for them in their pocket is like a broadcast network. So that's what we created. And that came out of my decade in Silicon Valley when that's all I did was to help companies in the new media space get funding. And I saw everything, and I've had a couple of really big, uh, a small success and a very big success. And so I understand that industry. And when I learned about the production side, that my partner created this, the beginning of this system. She created the short film show, and I used my system background to create a business around it.
0: L- let me ask so we're you very
1: unique in the market, and we're and we're just starting to get recognition. We just got 22 short films from Sundance, so we get 1500 films from Hollywood Shorts. We you know we get films from all over. We have 3500 coming from India when they get you know. So, so we're getting known that we're a place where you can send your films after you've taken them through the regular festival. And so, how does that fit with? Peacemaker, we have produced for the Peacemaker Corps Foundation that I run a festival that's ending on the fifteenth of this month. Now, anybody who's out there who has a kid under eighteen, have them make me an under three minute video on how they'd make peace in the world and put it on our website and upload it. It's free. And maybe they'll win a trip to New York, or maybe they'll win a Peacemaker Medal, or maybe they'll just be part of a movement of youth on how to make peace in the streets. And that's what Uh. we call our festival. And it will culminate at the United Nations on 9-11, where we're holding a reception for the winners either be there by person or by Skype. Show the films to the delegates of the United Nations on 9-11 this year during the Culture of Peace Forum. And then UNICEF and Clear Channel and MTV and the Fatherhood Project and HHS and the Women's Sphere and go on our website. You can see all the sponsors that have joined us to get the word out and you still have 10 days to get those videos to me at p-s-g-f-f dot com.
0: p-s-g-f-f dot org?
1: Dot com. It's called Peace in the Street Global Film Festival Fest dot com. Okay. And anybody listening to this,
0: that will be on this page. I'll put the link on the page
1: so you can get it. Yes. yes, and so the 15th is when this festival ends, but it, there'll be the next one will start the next day. This is an annual event that... the. Peacemaker Corps is is doing and paying for, and CV Studios is producing it. We're also producing the Playboy Jazz Festival in La Quinta in 2015, and that goes with the movie that we're producing for Playboy as our partner. And yeah, you're jazz. doing a
0: documentary on Playboy and and what and, and, and what uh, what they've done for jazz, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's very exciting. I mean, exciting because they've chosen our treatment and our vision to tell Hefner's story about that's never been told, and he will be on camera. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to tell an interesting view of integration in this country and how music and indigenous music of America, which is jazz, has really literally changed the world wherever it's been. And it's a great story and it'll be a uh, live music and the festival that we're producing the first festival outside of the Hollywood Bowl ever. Mm-hmm. And it'll be in La Quinta at the beginning of next year around the time of the Mana Challenge and uh, before the Coachella Fest. And it'll be Playboy Jazz Festival and it's going to be held at the Merv Griffin Equestrian Estates, which will take you back into the 50, 60s, maybe 70s. <laughs> It'll be fun. We have the Jazz Foundation of America as our partner, and we'll be receiving some donation from a gala we're going to have on Saturday night, and we're inviting all the people who are coming in for the Humana Challenge, which used to be the Bob Hope Classic, Right. To come that night, and the next day will be all day of music, and it's just beautiful at Equestrian Estate. It's gorgeous, and and there's a big lake with a with a fountain in the middle, and we can hold about four thousand tickets. Cool. Homes. so where can everybody uh, get
0: more information on uh, on on CV Studios and and the, the events that you're putting on together?
1: Well, CV Studios has a very nice website called cvstudiosnetwork.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. And we have a movie we made about our company, and they can see some of the shows that we produce. If you are a filmmaker out there and you want to send us a film, then you would go to Shorts Showcase.
0: Uh, that's a great. That's a great website too. I lo- I love the layout there.
1: Yes, and it's very simple, and we're we're really the filmmaker's friend. And our viewers in, in Southern California now are reaching over 2 million annually, and they're really good audience, skewed to female, 32 to 45, but filmmakers and film lovers, and that's right. what we plan to put together. And then we have another festival that we do every year that's going to be at the Agua Caliente Casino in Rancho Mirage in their showroom, and that's October 23rd, and that's our own online film festival that just ended we have 150 films that have been submitted and they'll be voted on and there'll be prizes and we're going to have a really unique film festival instead of sitting in a dark room it's going to be at the showroom at the aguas it's going to be like a cocktail party and then we're going to show the films on a big screen and it'll be very exciting and we do that every year so we're kind of festival professionals in terms of producing besides you know some TV shows and the mobile. And the mobile device is really what we're focusing on because we feel that there's a great need out there to, to, to turn the corner and make mobile more of a tool for business. Right. And need to go well, the shift world. is happening
0: quickly to mobile, and so it's great that you're on the forefront of it.
1: Well, we have a patented player mm-hmm. platform that we created for ourselves because we didn't find anything we wanted to show our short films. Mm. And we're an expert in short films. We know how to tell a story in less than two minutes. We've been doing it for years. We've in the market before anyone else. And I saw that there was a move to mobile two three years ago. I mean, a big move. Right. And I blog for the Huffington Post about it. And Technology, I also blog right. for this NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters' online magazine called C to Me World. But you can find me. My blogs are all on our CV studios. And it's exciting to be here. And it's exciting that we actually created something that people like. And we've got great response. For We've been up a year next month. August 1st on the Apple Store under Shorts Showcase, and we launched at the Google Store on Android devices in November, right before Christmas, same thing on Shorts Showcase. Nice. And we have a new one in the works, and you'll call, call me back, and I'll tell you about it at the end of the summer.
0: <laughs> okay, I will. You know, every time I think that I'm busy, I'm just going to listen to this interview and realize that I have... <laughs> I, I need to step it up just a little more.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, i tell you, it's, you know, adversity is a very interesting teacher. And when my son was killed, it it was so strange. And so the last four years, I took my own advice and said, you know, I can't retire. I'm not going to sit around for the next whatever years and think about this tragedy that didn't need to happen. And so, you know, I really did rededicate myself to looking for something to do that I can make a difference. And I think we're making a difference in these young filmmakers' lives and certainly getting the films from all over the world, which will grow. This is the first year we have some beautiful stories of kids and how they make peace in the streets. And then it's so important for kids to have a voice. All the violence that we're doing to each other, if young people had a voice that could be heard, the world would be different. And so this is, you know, I've stepped out of the shadows where I had kind of retired a bit. You know, it's been a lot of years, 17 years I've run the Peacemaker. I started it because of the ice rinks, because of the roller rinks, because of the kids that I saw from every color and walk of life and saw how they were all so much the same. And there were no bad kids, just bad circumstances. Right. Right. And that was the, that was the driving. And Kofi Annan, when he became Secretary General, I was running another NGO because I lived in China at the time. And he said, "I want my my administration to be a decade of peace and tolerance." And it was just terrible. I mean, his administration, we you know we were we've been at war. I was at war with the Congress about continuing our funding for the Peacemaker. That went away when we went into Iraq under Bush, but right. I stayed with it right. and got it funded through myself, through, through private enterprise. I mean, we've never had until now with this film festival and with the support that we're getting from the United Nations and the UNICEF and Clear Channel and MTV and You know, many, many, many worldwide organizations, fan, trust. We have a social media site, hashtag PSGFF, and we are getting social, you know, it's growing. Right. And this wonderful software company called Tag, that has a a product called Tagboard, Mm-hmm. Like a whiteboard, only it's technology. They donated their technology and so you go on our site, the dot com and you can see all the people who are chattering about it. Continuously.
0: Yeah, no, your site is great and, and I haven't even delved really dug in, but they look really great. Let me let me ask you something, especially about the kids. Are you going to be are you working with um any schools or any other foundations to be to help the kids that don't have opportunities to make these films uh the opportunity to learn how to uh do these things and uh, give kids without opportunity a leg up to be able to get into these competitions and do these things? Is that a- well,
1: first of all, the website has a little animated character we created that tells them exactly how to make a film. Uh they oh, do have cool. to have a smartphone, but it's there. And it's really, his name is Art Tour, and he's part of the short showcase um, crew. <laughs> you know, he's this animated character. We have a great animator who came from Family Guys who's on staff, so we, we do a lot of animation. And then there's a lesson plan under Film School. Huh? There's a drop-down box says film school, and there's a lesson plan, so teachers, mentors, and parents can sort of talk to their kids about what it is that we're talking about. What is peace in the street? You know, it can be anything. The story is more important. We, I mean, it's a very, very fine question to ask, and I have the Milken Family Foundation and. um They don't want any other real notoriety, but I'm sure I can mention their name. They send it out to all their honored educators, Mm -hmm. and I have some films coming from them, and I've got one educator who's who's done exactly what I was hoping somebody would do and that we could eventually have. He took his whole class, and they worked on this as a project. And there's a lot of conversations that have gone back and forth, and that was that you know that's been wonderful. And eventually, we got we we have a big supporter in the NBA, but because of all the you know athletic whatever, we right. didn't get going with their... They they turned us on to the boys and girls clubs, and I know Frank Sanchez is wonderful, and it was just not enough time. But next year. That's what we want to do, and I'm talking to Dell about giving me pads, iPads, because nobody buys an iPad, I mean a pad from Dell. Right. They give them away when they sell, whatever. Right. Um, You know, that's what I'm trying to do, and to get one of the Dell pads, which is perfectly fine to do what we have to do in every Boys and Girls Club, and then have like a filmmaking corner and then that story can be talked to everybody and then we can get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films. Now, Voices of Youth, which is the global market for UNICEF, has been Twittering and social media about it and we're supposed to get some films from the refugee camp, but then of course we have to deal with the diplomacy of where they go and and what they show. So right now the creative ones we've gotten are unique. And that's what we wanted. We have really interesting points of view. And
0: well, listen, we're coming up on we're coming up in the hour, and, and there was one last question I really wanted to to ask you, um, that I wanted to ask, and then I want you, I want to give you the last word on anything you want to get out there or any any thought you want to leave us. But uh, I read somewhere where you said, "I don't like the word." You used to give out a Tolerance Award, and you said, I don't like the word tolerance. I'm more about peace and civility. Can you talk to me about what that means?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes, that's a U.N. word, tolerance. So the first award we gave when I was running the Friends of the United Nations was the U.N. Tolerance Award, and it's been given to Gorbachev. It's been around forever. That was started in 1994, I think, was the first year, five it was after Coffee Anna, no, 1996, so it's been going on for a long time. But I thought that was demeaning, and that's why we chose this sort of native, I mean, peacemakers are native, they're right. indigenous to our native cultures here and other native cultures around the world. There are always peacemakers, always arbitrators, always seniors, always whatever, that arise in a group, and that's a natural community, and that's what we talk about. I guess the last word is, what we talk about, and you can read about it in my posts on Huffington, about mm-hmm. building a community around like and kind and loving thoughts. And that's the way you can deal with a bully, no matter where you are. Whether you're on the schoolyard, whether you're your teacher or, or a student, or you're in business, you're the top at the bottom, or you're living in your own life with husband and wife. You need to. You can't deal with a bully alone. And I don't believe in dealing the way we have with violence. I mean, that's what we do. We get together, we get in arms, and we go fight each other. This is not the way we have to go in life. There are ways of dealing with one another in a much more giving way, and I don't know why we're so frightened that we all have to be armed. I've seen miracles happen with kids that have gone through our program, and I want it to get to everyone. So my goal is to have enough funds to do new videos and we would send the curriculum and the videos to every elementary school and middle school in the country to their teachers free. And they can run the programs any time, any way they want. They're, they were done by HUD. They were very, very well documented. And we need to get that in conflict resolution training in everybody's hands. And so that's what's on our regular website, which is peacemakercorps.org and I wish our... everybody to have a wonderful and happy 4th of July. It's a time for us to think about who we are as a nation and how we've embraced people, whether it's the, you know, done, the, done it well or not, but they're all here, and now we have to take a leadership role to make this world a more peaceful place.
0: Carol, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Everybody's J.W. Nigerian. From On Purpose Magazine, I've been speaking to Carol Kretschmann, uh, the CEO of CV Studios Entertainment. Um, Carol, thank you so much for all your time today and for your uh, words of wisdom and uh, for you just being authentic and open today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And you all really do have a nice Fourth of July.
0: Thank you. Everybody have a great day and an even better tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to our Meta Media Group production of On Purpose Magazine. You can find On Purpose Magazine at onpurposemagazine.com. On Purpose Magazine and JW On Purpose is the property and is a trademark of Meta Media Group, and this audio is copyright 2012, and all rights are reserved.